WXDXFM, Pittsburgh. The Baseball Hall of Fame announced its new class at 6 p.m. They already named a couple old-timers late last year. Alan Trammell and Jack Morris, a banjo hitter and a pitcher with a career ERA of 3.9. Mediocre at best. The crown jewel of tonight's class is going to be Chipper Jones. Because you can knock up a Hooters girl, but you can't take steroids. I talked to a Hall of Fame voter last night, and he said he will never vote for the steroid guys. A lot of voters, obviously, feel that way. So, the Baseball Hall of Fame is no longer about honoring baseball's best players. It's about a bunch of crusty old bastards putting their sense of morality above performance and seeing who sifts through. I could not possibly be less interested in that. Jim Tomei is going to get in. He had 612 home runs during the steroid era. Tomei didn't take steroids, he says. But can we really be sure? Can we really be certain, absolutely positive, that the guy who had 612 home runs during the steroid era didn't take steroids? Because I ain't sure. I grow weary of all the moralizing. High school kids don't take steroids to enhance athletic performance. They do it to look good and get laid. If steroids were around in the 1920s, Babe Ruth would have taken them for sure. Steroids, cocaine, and transsexual hookers. That would have been the Babe Ruth version of the Triple Crown. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumner. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Nothing wrong with transsexual hookers. Or gay hookers. Or straight hookers. Just making a living. That's all. And whenever they use to enhance their performance, I got no problem with that either. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's talk Penguins. Let's talk last night's win. Let's talk in the playoffs right now, however momentarily, because every team in the division has games in hand. And let's talk Casey DeSmith, who was our guest uh, last hour. Uh, I can't really describe how Casey DeSmith plays goal. Neither could he, really. The puck just hits him, and it's not an accident. He knows where to be and when he should get there. And that's good enough for me. He's an incredible story. Like I said, didn't play hockey at all in the 2014-15 season. He had played Division I college hockey at New Hampshire. He caught on with Wheeling in 2015. uh, And like he said, spent four months in Wheeling on that bus in those crappy apartments they rent for you. Low class of women at those hockey games in Wheeling, too. friend of mine played there back when, I know. Casey DeSmith had to endure all that and didn't play a game for four months. That's Wheeling in 2015, and here we are, not even three years later, and he's made three starts in a row for the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. It's like Wendell Young all over again. Um, 
Vegas killed Columbus last night, 6-3. Vegas now has 32 wins and 15 losses. Second best record in hockey, best record in the Western Conference. No one could have possibly imagined this happening. What if an expansion team wins the Stanley Cup? I would say I don't see it happening. But I watch a lot of late-night hockey because I'm an insomniac, which means I see a lot of Western Conference games. I got to tell you, I don't see a team in the West that I would pick to beat them. Not the way they're playing. On paper, yes, but the way everybody's playing, Vegas right now would be my pick to come out the West. Incredible. Uh, You want to know how little ESPN cares about hockey? Go to ESPN.com and scroll down. You will have to scroll down literally for minutes before you find any hockey. Literally for minutes. That's why they fired Burnside, LeBron, and Custance and hired the pennies on the dollar guy, the Star Wars guy. It's like Eric Foreman became a hockey writer. You know what his big article is today? Things they should add to the skills competition. And he has stuff like stacking pucks. Have a competition stacking pucks. Gee whiz, that's funny. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Dead commies, dead commies, dead commies. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on with the super genius. Hello, Dave. You're on the air, Dave. Hey, Mark. What's going on, brother? The radio show. Talk. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the outcome of last night's game would be if Sebastian Aho was in the lineup and not injured? Uh, I think the Penguins still win. Sebastian Aho is a hell of a player. I'm sorry to not see him play, but uh, every team suffers injuries, and if you're going to, you know, write that win off as useless because one rookie didn't play for Carolina, I think you have a man crush on Sebastian Ajo, and I don't blame you. Good-looking kid. Saw him up close. Smells nice, too. Yeah, he ain't too bad. Thanks, man. Thank you. Jammed in the elevator with Sebastian Ajo. Not my dream. Might have been that caller's. Not just him. It's a big elevator. I mean, we had Gaunch. We had Buck. Leo Rudsky, the police chief from Sharpsburg, which took up most of the elevator. God, he's twice as big as me. Let's go to Tim in the car. Tim, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, got a question for you about Vegas and expansion teams. With them being, like you said, the second best team in hockey right now, whenever it's Seattle's turn to get their expansion team, just how much do you think they're going to get screwed versus how um, versus how Well, okay, it'll be tough to screw them because this Vegas thing has been good for hockey, but I know what you mean. I'll give an example. You know that last World Cup of Hockey where they had the North American team for the under-23s, right? Yeah. I wonder if they'll have the under-23 team again because that team was the darling of the tournament and took attention and good players away from Canada. Capiche, so you could see why they wouldn't do it but PR-wise, it would be tough not to do. Um, I think the expansion rules will be just as liberal. And you know what's been put forth this possibility, and I agree. You know how Vegas made all kinds of side deals to let this team keep that player and the other team keep another player, and they got various considerations by making those deals? 
Vegas benefited a lot from doing that. So I would think the other teams in the league will look at how Vegas benefited and say, you know what, no side deals, you're losing one player, it's not that big a deal. Makes sense. But by the way, thank you for the call. Uh, you know what the Star Wars guy on ESPN, the hockey writer, wants the Seattle team to be named? Seriously, he put this forth as their name. The Kraken. Like, that's some kind of fictional sea monster, like the Loch Ness Monster. They should name the team the Seattle Star Wars. And the chant could be, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars! Let's go to Jeremy on 79 North. Jeremy, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, good sir. Good afternoon. Uh, ex- excellent interview with Casey DeSmith. Thank it's you. Always, It's always nice to see how down-to-earth so many of the NHL's young players are. I don't think he and can that- believe he's here. Yeah, that was an excellent... I can't interview. believe he's here. I mean, think about this. <laughs> Look at last night. He starts his third straight game, wins, plays great. Mario comes in the locker room to congratulate D-, D. And then he's on this show the next day. I mean, it's thrill after thrill for that kid. Yeah, yeah. You can't teach that, super genius. And, well, I don't know if we can use that that uh, catchphrase anymore, but yeah. What else you got? Uh, um, so two takeaways from last night's game. Uh, first off, Carolina has been a tough opponent for the Penguins this year. So, well, yeah, like I, think... I said, they they won the first two games, and they're a tough matchup because Carolina's real small up front, but the Penguins are one of those teams that can't uh, can't you know make the other team suffer for that lack of size. Right, right. But I think that's a big confidence boost for them. Not that I mean they need. Oh the no, I don't think it's necessarily don't. a big confidence boost. I think Carolina's not that good, and the Penguins. Have many regrets about having lost the first two games to them, but uh, but enough. I just think it's two points at this Fair point. Enough. Like you know where we're spoiled a bit, and understandably, the last two years it was just about you know we know we're in the playoffs, let's just get there, and two points didn't mean much on a given night. Now two points do; they really do. Up next, more hockey talk with Mike Rupp. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. The Kraken, one oh five nine the X. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Joining me now, scored the Stanley Cup winning goal for the New Jersey Devils. You can see him on the NHL Network, and of course he played for the Penguins. It's our buddy Mike Rupp. Rupper, what's your take on Casey DeSmith? Three straight starts, and he's playing really well, isn't he? Yeah, I've liked him. I, I thought last night was a was a very good performance for him. Um, the Penguins outplayed the, the Hurricanes in that first period, but he still had to make some pretty tough saves. And I thought he made those uh, those saves throughout the night. And um, I, I think sometimes you judge goaltenders on their win loss record. Coming in the last night, he was one and two, but I thought he's been pretty solid. For me, uh, this is, uh, I, and I like the aspect of keep giving him the net back right now because nothing's worse um, from. From a player standpoint, when you get in the lineup for a game and then you got to be off for a little bit, I can't imagine what it's like for a goaltender. And when you give him a bunch of games, you can maybe really sort out how he is at this level, how he adjusted and has and is adjusting to the NHL. And I thought him uh, and Tristan Jari have shown very good signs. I, maybe it's right now just trying to smoke out who's going to be the backup count down the stretch and potentially if they feel like they need to make a move or not come trade deadline time for a backup goaltender, but uh, he was impressive last night. Why well, mixed emotions about keeping DeSmith in there, although there's no doubting he deserves it. Part of me says, though, play Murray. He's back, and he's your number one. 
He won the last two Stanley Cups. Part of me says, hey, DeSmith is the hot goalie right now, and you need every point you can get. Yeah, you. you I agree with that, um, and you do need every point you can get right now, but um, I, I think looking into it, maybe uh, this is just my, my opinion. When you look at last year, the last you know couple seasons where you've had Matt Murray come in and He's a bit of a unicorn in this area where you, you know, he's so, he was so calm when he came in and he was playing behind Mark Andre Fleury. Then he was playing the, the lion's share. And then we all know that it was his net. And I, I think you want to, like I said, smoke out if these kids kind of have that in them too. I don't think those kind of goaltenders come around too often that can handle those things. But, uh, yeah, as much as you need these points right now, I think even more so you need to find out personnel come down the stretch. So um, he, he's been he's had a hot hand. Mike Sullivan said it. So um, we're going to, you know, just have to keep seeing what he's given, uh, given the team. And uh, I, I think it's a, a great move to keep him in there. How are the Flyers in third place? That Metro division is driving me nuts, Rupper. Are the Flyers, like, decent now? Please say no. <laughs> They're Jekyll and Hyde. You never know. I mean, they'll have a game where they they look unbelievable. They they seem to be trying to shake things up with their lines and trying to get some get some uh, spread the wealth a little bit. And uh, Konechny has, has scored now two overtime goals in the last week or so, and three on the year. They're getting that timely goal a goaltending as well. I, I think their goaltending actually for the first time in a long time has it been great. Mm, no, I probably wouldn't say that. I don't know if it'll ever be great. It's uh, it's been good, and that's something that they've lacked uh, at parts uh, earlier uh, earlier in the season when we know they went on that big skid. And for as long as I can remember, probably my entire life, they've had that uh, goaltending issue. So uh, this team is is one that kind of scares you. You never know um, because when the stars align, they can really go. But when you're looking at this division, even going into last night's game, how big last night's game was that Carolina didn't get a point. I mean, was it six points separating eighth to second in the division? So uh, every team's in the mix. Well, your Devils are starting to fade, Rupper. Finally, three straight losses, just two wins in their last ten games. What's going wrong there? Yeah, they're they're a team that has certainly fallen off. Um, you know, it's when you've got when you've got players, young players that kind of came out of the woodwork. We know Jesper Bratt. Um, has been such a, a, a pleasure this year to watch. Um, then you have other guys, timely guys, that have tried to work their way in the league for a long time. Brian Gibbons, who we know uh, pretty well. And you, you just look at uh, all these different players that in that first part of the season were really getting it done for them. Um, timely goals, depth players really stepping up their game. Nico Heeshear was great. And I think this is the time of year where you get to those dog days of the season where – whether you like it or not, the league's amping up, and young players—it's a—it's a real threshold they got to deal with. Some of them can, and they can adapt, and some of them—it's a little bit of an eye opener. I don't know if they hit that, but they're all of a sudden now not getting that timely goal. They're not—they uh, don't seem to be coming in in waves like they were early in the season. They were such a fast team. Um, they're still a good team. I think they're heading in the right direction. I just think this year is going to be a little bit of hang on mode the rest of the way. The Capitals are doing fine. They're tops in the Metro, but. T.J. Oshie has one goal in his last 21 games. And given his ice time, his role, his line mates, that's really hard to believe, isn't it? It is. It is. And they've, they've done a good job of having other guys contribute. And um, you have uh, Brett Connolly's having a pretty darn season on that. I think he's scoring. 
but usually you'd see TJ Oshie in that in that spot um, as far as uh, goals and, and points. So, um, you know, the guy's been around a long time. Uh, I think he'll get going, but I guess when you look at it, you think to yourself, if you're a Caps fan or with that team, hey, well, we'll take it where we're at right now because Tiyoshi hasn't found the net, but we're still winning hockey games. Um, you, you think it's a matter of time till he does start finding it, but he's a huge piece. Um, they need everybody going. We all know how that team is come playoff time, and they need all hands on deck, so they need uh, they need 74 to be going. We're talking to Mike Rupp of the NHL Network. Rupper brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Rupper, Ryan Reeves was a healthy scratch last night, and the Penguins' fourth line got a goal. Where do the Pens go from here with Ryan Reeves? Um, you know, I, I, I still would consider him. I mean, that's his first game this year missed. Um, but let's be honest, if, if that line keeps going and the team keeps going, we know how finicky this league is. You're going to keep going with it and the lineup that you have. So, um, you know, I think that Ryan Reeves certainly serves a, a purpose for this team still. Um, you know, it's that playing in that kind of role, you kind of live and die by what the team does. And, you know, I've been in situations where I've done absolutely nothing in hockey games by remaining in the lineup because the team wins or you, you start hitting stride. And then on the other side, there's been games where I felt, I felt very good and felt like I did my job um, to a T and, and you find yourself out because maybe you're just not getting the look that you're getting to the depth scoring. And I think that's the, that's the role that Ryan Reeves serves. Um, he'll be, you know, he'll be back and want to make his presence felt. And that's what I love about it is, you know, just to kind of get sidetracked and just the, the, the psychology of players. When you're looking at it yesterday, uh, one guy I was watching before the game and I wanted to, to pay a, a lot of attention to was Dominic Simone. And I thought to myself, Daniel Sprong sent down. That's kind of your, I don't know, competition, I guess, for the, the playing in those that top six role. And you know Brian Rust is coming back in the lineup. You know it's a matter of time till Rusty works his way back up. And you're thinking as a player, I don't know when this window is going to close. Uh, I've got to make sure I make a statement here. Um, he made one last night, maybe buys him a little bit more time in that slot or, you know, buys him some more games to get looked at to have an opportunity to make another one. And I, I think that same thing with a Ryan Reeves situation. He's out of lineup, so you know darn well when he gets back in, now it's his job to know that, hey, the writing's on the wall. I've got to go and make sure I do something to contribute to this team tonight and make sure I buy myself another day. And you start adding those days up, next thing you know, you're in the lineup for good. So I, I think that that's a, a way that he'll approach it. Well, you mentioned Brian Rust. It was good to see him back. He set up a goal, the uh, one by JSD. Uh, what's he out of the Penguins? Because sometimes he frustrates me, Rupper, because he doesn't score much and he gets a lot of opportunities. Then again, when he does score, as we've seen in the playoffs, they tend to be very big goals. Yeah, he's very clutch. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's pretty fair to say if you watch Penn's games, you know that, that Brian Rust is Mike Sullivan's boy. And uh, I don't mean that in a, a negative way. I mean that in a very positive way because Mike Sullivan knows what he's going to get from him. He's going to get the intangibles. He's a smart player. He's going to move his feet. He's going to do a lot of things that, you know, that I think – to be to be frank, a lot of things that Carl Hagelin did as soon as he got to this team, and you know that when you throw him over the board, he's going to create a little bit of chaos, and he'll chip in with a timely goal, chip in with some offense. And I loved his game last night. He was very simple. Um, he used speed. I remember this one play in particular where 
it was uh it was him lugging the puck through the neutral zone and he's skating in with speed it's a one on four actually it ended up being a one on five all five carolina hurricanes were in the zone there's not one penguin in picture because they're doing a line change and what he does is he holds onto the puck with one on three below the goal line and two guys in front of the net and he dogs the puck. They can't get it from him. He waits till the new line comes out, and then they start the offensive zone cycle. So he just does things so smart with managing the puck. And, yeah, I would agree that, man, we'd, I'd love to see a little bit more of goal scoring from him. But, listen, he scored some big goals for this team, and he does all the little things that, that, that add up to wins. I mentioned JSD got his first NHL goal last night, got congratulated by Mario after Rupper. I don't know if you've seen the video. But when Mario comes up to JSD, D looks like he's absolutely scared to death. It was, it, it was tremendous. Uh, what was your first NHL goal like, Rupper? Uh, what made it stand out, and how did you feel, and and what did you do after the game was over? Oh man, my first my first NHL goal. I got called up for my first game on my birthday, January thirteenth in uh, two thousand three, and. Um, you know, it was kind of cool to be, I guess, playing it, having a game on your birthday, and you you would sit there. And I remember early on in the game, I deflected a puck into the net. They reviewed it, and uh, it was high sticking. So I thought, man, what an opportunity that would have been. But hey, listen, I'm here. I just want to, like I said, you just want to live to fight another day and, and make the lineup again. I end up, I end up getting two goals in that game um, that ended up counting. And uh, I remember after the game, um, you know, we had Pat Burns very very candid speaker and uh he says to the media they they questioned him uh because the devils weren't scoring many goals and i got called up and and netted two in that game they said well why hasn't this kid been here since training camp and uh pepper said because he was god awful in training camp that's why he wasn't here <laughs> and uh so it was a real uh bring me back down to earth and uh you know what it was just awesome it's something i'll never forget it um got to score a couple on roberto luongo and uh that's all you look at in that moment. I remember leaving that game thinking, I bought myself another game. That's all I got right now, and you got to make the best of it. Before we let you go, Rupper, what else can we say about these Vegas Golden Knights? And can an expansion team win the Stanley Cup? I'm actually allowing myself to think that it's possible. I mean, when you watch them, I, 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 last night, listen, we were uh, coming back from the Pens game, driving home. I had my son in the car. We got the, we got the, Vegas, um, the Vegas game on, and... They just, it looks like you can beat them, and then it's just like a flurry of just punches in the mouth. <laughs> they just come, and they come, and they come. And next you know it, they score three goals in a matter of a couple minutes, and the game is totally on its head. And that's what they do. I mean, they, they hit you hard, and they hit you a bunch. They're so fast, and they create. I mean, yeah. I mean, the way they're playing right now, I, I don't think everybody is at their playoff performance right now. So I don't know how much higher of a game Vegas can get to, but other teams are going to have to get to a much higher game because they're they're owning owning most hockey games that they're in right now. Yeah, and some of it is is just dumbfounding because William Carlson last night they carve up Columbus right, and Carlson's out there doing damage. When he played for the Blue Jackets, he was on the fourth line. He wasn't at all used in an offensive role, and Columbus was lacking at center last year as they are now. How does a guy like that slip through the cracks? Yeah, look up, look up. Uh, I'd love to touch on it later on and maybe get this all, get it all down on paper and, and write it down. But I read something the one day about how this team came into came into fruition. And when you look at players like William Carlson, it was basically, hey, listen, we will give you William Carlson. We will make him available in Columbus if you take on David Clarkson's contract. 
Um, you know, David Clarkson doesn't look like he's going to be playing anymore. And, and Vegas is like, sure, we'll do that. They go to Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers is like, listen, we got this really bad deal in Riley Smith. We've got him about $5 million for about four more years. You take this guy on, eh, we'll, uh, we'll leave Jonathan Marsh so available. Well, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marsh so, and uh, William Carlson make up arguably one of the top lines in the National Hockey League. So it's kind of funny how it, uh, they were almost bribed into taking those guys, or those guys were available by taking on quote-unquote bad contracts. And those guys have all performed. Um, they, they've done a great job. And when I'm watching that game last night, I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching, and you see Alexander Wenberg and all these guys. I'm like, really? You, caught, you, you kept Alex, Alex Wenberg over William Carlson? This guy's got 25 goals right now. But uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. Gerard Gallant's got them all playing. Rupper, great stuff as always. We will speak next week. Sounds good. That's Mike Rupp brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. Uh, we're far from done. we got Dejan Kovacevic next hour. And uh, you got to go to the Penguins' Twitter and watch the video of Mario congratulating JSD. Because JSD, you know, French kid. Not that everybody doesn't admire Mario that's a player of that age, but he's a French kid, like Mario. And it's like he doesn't, maybe I'm reading, it looks like he doesn't know what to do or say, but it's great. Check it out at the Penguins Twitter. Uh, I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. Okay, let's get the calls going. I've taken, I think, two all day, which is how I like it, but I still haven't had anyone tell me why the Steelers can't kick their players off social media for the sake of focus and professionalism. I get told by everybody, including Stan Saverin yesterday, ah, you can't do that. Okay, why not? Nobody's told me why not. Lev Bell told reporters today that Mike Tomlin gave him permission to show up late for the walkthrough the day before the Jacksonville game because Bell had to tend to a personal matter. I got a poll up on Twitter about that, but we can talk about it as well. Does anybody believe Tomlin would give Bell permission to show up late for the walkthrough the night before a playoff game? And the only reason I don't categorically dismiss that possibility is because it is Tomlin, who gives in far too often and is far too buddy-buddy with the players. Also, this is just trickling in. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger talked to the media today at the Pro Bowl. And he took some shots at Todd Haley. Um, and this is kind of sketchy because it came from a sketchy source, but it has been saying that Haley didn't work well with him, Ben, or any of the other coaches on the staff and just wanted things his way, and there was no give and take at all. Seems a little hard to believe there wouldn't be any give and take with the quarterback who won two Super Bowls being coached by the guy who never played the game in his life, but I'm sure Caballi's going to write exactly what Ben said, so maybe we'll have that a little bit later. Or you can check out The Athletic, uh, for whom Caballi toils. Uh, Penguins win last night. Nice win. Casey DeSmith was on the show earlier.
He's the talk of the town. I would assume he gets a fourth straight start tomorrow night, although, boy, it will have been a long time since Matt Murray played if he doesn't play tomorrow, and then we go into the All-Star break this weekend. No buzz about the All-Star game whatsoever, but you know who's trying to fix that? King Blogger, the Star Wars guy. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Go to ESPN.com, and this gets some clicks, and I don't care. Check out the article he wrote about the All-Star Skills Competition. Now, if he's kidding about these things, it should be funny. But the article's not funny. And since he is a Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars guy, I wonder if maybe he's serious. So check that story out, ESPN.com. Here were some of the things he's suggesting for the All-Star Skills Competition. American Gladiators. They hit each other with those jousting sticks, you know, those big Q-tips. Human bowling. You know, like they have between periods of the Penguin game? You strap the guy in, put him on one of those sleds, and slingshot him into bowling pins? He wants the players to do that at the All-Star game. He wants a penalty shot competition, you know, breakaway, which they have now. But he wants skaters to play goal and goaltenders to play out. Sid would want to play goal. And that would only end really bad. He wants the players to play dodgeball on skates. And he wants there to be a puck stacking competition. That is hockey coverage at ESPN's website. They fired Custance, Burnside, and LeBrun. All great hockey writers. And brought in a pennies on the dollar amateur hack who proves me right every time he Puts his fingers to the keyboard. That's at the Worldwide Leaders website. That's their NHL coverage. To which I can only add, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. As somebody turfed the Field of Dreams baseball field. Drove on it, left deep trenches. That sucks, but on the Field of Dreams Facebook page, they posted, and I quote, We cannot fathom why a soul on this planet would desecrate this holy ground. We pray for whomever did this to our special place that they find peace in their hearts, unquote. Yeah, okay. Drama much? Desecrate this holy ground. Shut the frig up. It's a movie. The ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson didn't really show up there. I felt bad that somebody, you know, turfed it. Now if I could, I'd drive there and defecate on it. See what they have to Facebook about that. Let's go to uh, Brett in Evans City. Brett, you're on with Double M. Mr. Madden, good day. Right. Uh, hey, I just wanted to chime in on like why, why William Carlson is thriving in Vegas but didn't in Columbus. And really, I think the reason is John Tortorella. He's known for wanting grinders and muckers and an offensive talent that obviously Carlson is and proving himself in Vegas. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. That happens when the show's as popular as this one. Yeah, double M, man. He'd love the show. He just wants to dance. PX at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, Casey DeSmith, our guest earlier, how long would you keep playing him? How long would you let him be the hot hand? What if he wins uh, again tomorrow night, assuming he makes that start? How long do you really want to keep Matt Murray 
out from between the sticks. Boy, just when we thought we were done with the goalie controversy, Mark. Well, no, no, no. I don't. See I know this it's not a controversy. A goalie but... controversy. I just think that uh, you need to play Matt Murray, but you need all your points. Yeah. And Smith is playing some lovely goal right now. Yeah. Well, you heard Mike Rupp just say to you, "Look, when he's the hot hand, he's the hot hand." You know, coaches like to go with it. Players, uh, especially goalies, uh, love to go with it because they feel if they've earned that win, if they've earned another night in the net, they get in that role and they just go forward from there. So um, you've got a two-time Stanley Cup winning young, quotation marks, end quotation marks, goalie and Matt Murray. You've got another young goalie who's showing promise, obviously. And then you've got Casey DeSmith, who, look, Mark, I think he does a lot of things well. He described oh, no, his- I like him, but what doesn't bode well, you talked about the two young goalies. Of the three promising young goalies for the Penguins, he's the oldest. He's the oldest, right, but still young. But still young, so you've still got... And young for goalie, especially. Right. No, I'm not dismissing Casey DeSmith. Whether this enables them to trade Jari and and make him the backup, I don't know. It's not what I would do, honestly. Uh, Whether it gets him a job in the NHL somewhere, you know, either via trade or if his contract runs out, I don't know. It's probably too early to say that because... Three good games in Pittsburgh is it going to in- convince anybody that runs another team, another GM? But but no bad can come from him playing this good. Not that's for certain. Well, who knows? It's not going convince, to convince some other GM. Maybe you've got a guy who you know he grew up in the league. You know, as a goaltender, as a specialist, he really knows goaltending. He likes what he sees now. Well, that's EJ Bob, and he works for us too. <laughs> well, that's one of them. But at least Casey DeSmith's name is out there now, and all three of them you know, are doing well with this organization. Maybe somebody, a light gets lit, maybe somebody does make a move, or it's another option for somebody to have his name in the conversation, including the Penguins. Now they've got another, you know, like I said, they've got another option. Yeah, no offense to Casey DeSmith. I still rank very clearly Murray, Jari, DeSmith. But we needed three a couple years ago. Maybe, you know, his quality will yet... uh, come to the fr- forefront in even more important games than those he's currently playing. And these are important games because, again, right now it's all hands on deck. You need every point possible. Bob, in 10 seconds or left, Lev Bell says Mike Tomlin gave him permission to show up late for the walkthrough the day before the Jacksonville game. Is he lying or telling the truth? Mark, he is lying. That sounds to me like just a whopper of a lie. Up next... We talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame Class of 2018, which will be announced at 6 p.m. and include very mediocre players because they won't put in the real good ones. Oh, I forgot. Call in, win money. No, don't call in. God, don't call in. Uh, We're going to give you a keyword. Text the keyword to the number you'll hear, and you win a $1,000 bribe. 105.90X.